0: purpose is a dance between what you do with the the inner work, inner reflection, inner discernment into the world, how you seek to make them real in your life. Welcome to the Big Self podcast. We want to thank you as always for tuning in. It's an honor. It's a privilege to be bringing you ideas, inspiration, And of course, practical approaches to this thing called life. We're all in it. No one gets out alive. What do we do while we're in the middle of it? And I'm sure that we are all somewhere in the middle of it right now, if you're tuning in. You are actually one of, public service announcement, our 2000, a little over, we've just crossed the the divide. A little over 2,000 downloads since we started about a half a year ago. It means we're averaging about 70 downloads per episode. Of course, they've increased a little bit, grown as we have grown. Thanks for being a part of that. And, you know, what we're our goal is, we're just going to be very transparent about it. Over the next month, we would like to, modest goal, have 100 downloads per episode, you know, podcasts, we, we see a lot of the, maybe those from the famous ones. Uh, we are, most podcasts are a labor of love and we appreciate your support as we are building the big self school and creating this community and the feedback has been positive. And if it's not, we want to learn from it. We do want to uh, hear back from you on how um, how we're doing. And any questions you may have, questions that you'd like us to cover, of course, guests that we might be able to invite to have on the show if you have people in mind, including sometimes maybe your very own bad self. We're, <laughs> we're open to whatever. Today, I am on my own going solo here. This is uh, your host, Chad Prevost. Shelley, our uh, CEO of the Big Self School, has... Is She's wearing a lot of hats, doing a lot of stuff, trying to help get um, our new website up and going. And so she has said, Chad, you, you're you on your own to discuss one of the questions actually from our group, a question that we got on, uh, on purpose. And so it's no coincidence that we are talking about purpose today. I think the specific question is, how does knowing our purpose, buffer us from burnout. So yes, a lot of times people who are, are in burnout, they would love to know, well, how do I get out of this? What is, what is my purpose? I'd, I'd love to know it. And then I would maybe go do it if, if I had a better sense of it. And because we've, we've lost, we've lost, various parts of ourselves, often our inner selves, our inner identities, uh, while soldiering on, maybe muscling through things that, you know, living maybe in other people's expectations or their agendas for us. But one thing I wanted to begin with is a lot of people uh, think that purpose is this thing that you just one day know you've achieved or that there is like some one maybe answer for it. I mean, not naively. I'm I'm sure that our discerning audience out there knows that it may be particular to, you know, them, but it's not just something you find, I guess. It's not a static thing like a lot of a lot of these process oriented things like happiness, You're you're not just going to permanently be in a state of happiness, and you're not going to purposely be in a state of, I have found my purpose, for a lot of reasons. Um, There's good news in this. There's challenges in this. Um, One thing about purpose for sure is that it's something we can cultivate, and it's something we can achieve through very deliberate action uh as well as the inner work of reflection. Uh and just expect it. You know, one thing we talk about with like achieving like calm and having better resilience and uh a- adaptivity. Is that a word? Adaptation, uh, the ability <laughs> resilience. Uh is that we're going to have a you know adjust your expectations. One of the expectations for um, is just to have some grace for yourself and know that we're going to you're going to ebb and flow, you're going to wax and wane naturally throughout your life. Some people more than others, um, but but like happiness, purpose, it's not a destination. It's a journey. It's a practice. So we're beginning with that. Um, But here is an actual interesting thing I think about that is that it means. It's accessible to anyone and regardless of your age. So if you're willing to explore what matters to you, what kind of person you want to be, uh, and, th- then, and then go on and act, act, try to develop the actions to become that person, then you too can be on your way to finding your, your purpose. Um, and I think, and so, and so like, so a big thing about purpose is almost like, I think, think of yourself as your life and you're on a map and you see that, you know, you're about to go on a trail or you're about to, I guess, you know, we don't really um, use maps the same way we did when we're going on the highway. But of course, you know, the famous like point start where you are here. You are here on the map, and that's where you need to start. You need to start where you are. <laughs> and there is a, a really cool quote. I'm going to pull out three quotes that we're going to be in conversation with on um, in this podcast today. And the first quote comes from a 2010 book. Um, ah, I believe it's Design Your Life by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. And they have a cool quote out of that book called or that says, "You can't know where you're going until you know where you are and And that's central to unearthing our purpose is to work on our identity. and of course, identity work largely happens in adolescence and what we call early adulthood protracted adolescence, however we want to look at it. But um, a lot of times, you know, even in adolescence and early adulthood, we begin to do what psychologists will call identity foreclosure. Whereas like there is this time of like lots of discovery that you could be setting out on uh, in, in, spite of the, in spite of all the messages that you're, you've probably received in high school and well into college of what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do? Well, and, and feeling like what, what major are you going to be? And this has to be, you have early on in life, you have to make all of these really critical decisions at the very time when you would probably be better to like experiment, be experimenting and trying things out. So, uh, that is, it's very important to be like to remain flexible, to have, as Bruce Lee said, mind like water, have a mind like water, remain fluid. Don't go into this term of this identity f- foreclosure. Most most people do, I believe. I believe the majority of people do. What is it? It's, it, it basically is like, instead of continuing to search for who you are, I love that question. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And I think you should keep asking yourself that in terms of the bigger question here of how do you find your purpose? Uh, so at this, if you're in identity foreclosure and you're an adolescent, you probably are adopting the traits and qualities from friends, especially relatives, that you know you have they you haven't settled into your own, but you're like yeah I think you know I've been told that this is who what our family is or this is who I've made myself shape myself around these friends to be, and this is who I'm who I am, and everybody wants to know and I guess here now I have an answer. Um, I don't want to live in uncertainty. I believe as uh, Voltaire once said, right? Um, doubt or uncertainty, depending on how you translate it. Uh, that's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable to be in doubt or uncertainty, but on the other hand, certainty is ridiculous. <laughs> that's you can't like we. Yes, you you want to be certain, and people have this like natural tendency. They're not even aware of it. They're going into this foreclosure, but you want to remain fluid and keep an open mind. No, so so let's keep it right here. You got to know who you are. And you need to remain flexible and open to who you are to even be able to find your purpose. I believe you could probably say it right here. If you had to stop the podcast because you're getting out of your car, you're done working out. If you ask yourself these three questions, you're going to miss out on the really cool challenge at the end. But at least you would have a little bit of a takeaway right here. These are the answers if that could align, if you can answer these three questions, align them in wholeness and authenticity. You're on your way to finding your purpose. Number question number one, we just did it. Just just touched on it. Who are you? Second, what do you believe has to do with values? And three, What are you doing? Purpose does have a lot to do with taking action. Um, And so I guess that leads us to why is it important for what we're talking about today? What you do with the, the inner work, inner reflection, inner discernment, and how you work that, how you interact those inner values with you could say a trusted community, uh, how you work them out into the world, how you seek to make them real in your life. Uh, And if you cut off the inner, you are going to be much more likely to suffer from just dissatisfaction, maybe resentment. And if it goes on and on and on, well, then that's that's the root of burnout. That's how you begin to lose your sense of self. I mean, like it makes sense, right? You lose your sense of self, you're burned out, you're not happy, and that's why identity is the beginning of getting to your purpose. Uh, I would say a lot of people, and I'm not going to just say men, although I would dare say probably more men than women, but it doesn't matter. A lot of people are scared to do that inner work. They're scared to make a choice in the first place of, well, this idea of even finding purpose is, is some kind of, there's a motivation behind it. Uh, And their mindset is like, I don't want to make the choice because I have to make the right choice. And the truth is like I began here. It's, there is no exact right purpose. There is no exact right choice. That's not the right mindset. So instead, I would encourage you to reframe and think about it as life, finding your purpose is about choosing well. There is no perfectly right choice, but you wanna choose well based upon who you are, the best of your ability to understand that and how you want that to engage with the world. That's your purpose. Make that your purpose. The choosing well of of finding your purpose. Uh, So in a broad sense, I guess you might say that it's about how you choose and how you live your choices once they're even made that makes the difference. So, uh, you know, I, I think here's an interesting, um, we're going to, this is our second quote, the second person we're going to engage with on the topic of, of purpose a little bit here, Thomas Merton. We love us some Thomas Merton. If you don't know who he was, you got to check him out. That, uh, famous, uh, the famous monk, uh, from, uh, from mid mid 20th century, also a profound poet, Um, the, by the way, the way that he died at age 52 is really bizarre. I'm going to let you check that out now that I've piqued your curiosity. Uh, but here's a quote from him. And so here it goes. It's, if you want to identify me, ask me not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me what I am living for in detail. Ask me what I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for. Interesting quote here. Um, the first part of it is obviously, if you really want to know me, identify me. It's not about where I live, you know, these outward things, what I like to eat, how I comb my hair. But it ask me in detail, even, <laughs> this idea of... Um, And what I think is interesting, it's not that he says, what is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for? So it's implied that there's something in the way of what he wants to live for and ask him about that as well as what he wants to live for. I think that's interesting. That is what we should be asking ourselves. What do we want to live for? And what is getting in the way? Another challenging question for us to be considering. Uh, before I go any further on purpose, I think that we should briefly did discern, try to like uh, define the difference between purpose and meaning. I think that's a worthwhile thing to do, right? I mean, Right off the top of your head, do you think that? What do you think the difference between meaning and purpose is? Do you think this should just be used synonymously? Well, I do think that psychologists uh, and philosophers do think of them in different ways, um, but I do think it can be confusing. So I would say that meaning it's how something or you know or someone is defined, uh, as well as the intention or the the reason for doing something. But purpose is basically the fulfillment of the meaning, or you could say the consummation of the the meaning in your life. So meaning is this, uh, it's, it's what it's, it's intention and purpose is the, is the action oriented. It's like going to live out. It's going to accomplish the meaning. So, you know, you could say a, a, a purpose is a belief. We could, whether it's, it's a, it's real or imagined who's to say, but it's, it's a belief that something has a use or a reason for being and meaning I would say is, is the value or values that you have behind the belief, the values that, that inform that belief. They both, they both construct your, your meaning. I guess you could say that it's a, it, you, it's a way of constructing your reality. It is because we're all like trying to fit, you could call it worldview, whatever, but it, it is a way of we're we're here. We're existing, and we're having to do. Uh, we're we're having to do something with this reality. We're having to think about it. How do we think about it? How do we think about meaning? And how do we activate it through purpose? And of course, the larger question that we're, or the more specific question we're trying to also answer here is how to do it in such a way as to avoid burnout. Um, Last person I want to bring in to the conversation, of course, you can't avoid him or ignore him when it comes to meaning. The author of also the mid-20th century um, famous classic in its field, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. You know, he actually, I think he was frustrated by the question of everyone asking, you know, what is the meaning of this? And he uh cuz I think he wanted us he wanted to see well, it's almost lazy just to, you know, ask what's the meaning. It's like, well, imbue your life with meaning, give it some purpose. This quote, he um, you know, he survived uh, did he survive I think he survived 3 concentration camps. Uh went on to write this book and others and live a pretty long life all things considered this quote says we needed to stop about his experience in a concentration camp we needed to stop asking about the meaning of life and instead of think of ours and instead to think of ourselves as those who were being questioned by life daily and hourly our answer must consist not in talk and meditation but in right action and in right conduct, life ultimately means taking the responsibility for the right answer to its problems and to fulfill the tasks which it constantly sets for each individual. And that part, I think, I think that is, that that's pretty powerful. Like, because it takes out of the equation, you know, some people say, oh, it's, um it's very privileged of you to be able to even think about having purpose in life or what is your life meaning? Well, we're all, we're all confronted with what is the meaning of this and who do I think I am? And as Frankel says, life ultimately means taking the responsibility to find the right answer to its problems, life's problems and fulfill the tasks which it constantly sets for each individual like we're we're constantly confronted by problems by challenges how do we basically deal with them how do we deal with them what are we going to do about them and that is what seeking purpose does so right now if you are in a bit of burnout you can at least begin to try to find your way out by asking yourself questions Who do you think you are and how could you even think about daring to find uh, a more of a purpose, uh, in your life, regardless of how stuck you may feel? Uh, you know, I mean, I guess also when we talk about meaning, you can say that, you know, if you, if you're a parent, a spouse, you know, you're a partner. Um, if you're a child, if you're a friend, you can recognize that you are offering love and receiving love and comfort to someone else. We, we mean something to the people we love and, and, and they mean something to us that creates meaning. So, you know, I would even, you know, even if you say you care for, for plants or pets, you're responsible for say something bigger than that, um, an organization, you know, the day-to-day workings of a business, those things give your life meaning, uh, it's like for, I mean, if you weren't there, the work wouldn't be getting done. The plants wouldn't be getting watered. The organization wouldn't be getting run at least in the way that in the role that you're fulfilling. So if you, um, if you didn't have the work, the responsibility, you would feel a, a lack of a sense of meaning. So mo- most of us can find that sense of meaning without too much searching. Uh, but it is, I do think that purpose, it can be more difficult to nail down. That's kind of why we're, we're trying to to parse it out a little bit here. Purpose, it implies this reason for why we take time to do the things that create meaning in our lives. So it's, I I really think that maybe the easiest way for you to think about it is just the way that you are going to enact, enact your values and beliefs in a way that does give an over, overriding sense of meaning to your life. And it does, it of course changes because you know, like you're going to life. Life is going. We're, we go through changes. Um, in fact, this is in, some interesting research. Uh, shows I, I found this in the book Range by David Epstein, but the research comes from somewhere else. It might be um, uh, Goldman with uh, some of his uh, emotional um, intelligence work, Daniel Goldman. But what they found, they found this, this study, this long study, found that we're much better reflectors than we are predictors of our life. Um, we're, it's much easier for us to look back, at, if you go decade by decade, it's much easier for us to say, wow, did I change from when I was 20 to 30? And I bet it's true. I bet you really did. Or as well as 30 to 40, right? Just, or at any given time when you want to make the demarcation of when you trace a decade of change in your life, we're much better at being able to look at the the reflected, like what we underwent than we are to go, oh, can you imagine how different I'm going to be uh, in ten years from now, but the, if you, I think it, it might be a good exercise to think about how incredibly different you almost surely are over a decade, and then try to more, you know, have fun imagining how incredibly different you very well may be in ten years from now. Uh, it also might give you a little perspective of like, look, be easy with yourself. You will find purpose. And just as maybe the previous decade taught you, there are going to be some ebbs and flows, but of course, you know, there's nothing that some that, that some motivation and intentionality uh, can't help, you know, it, it can help. And uh, so here I would say, so if you're taking any kind of notes, if you are able to do that, but you you might not be if you're getting jacked at the gym or if you're um, grocery shopping right now, I get it. But here are some questions that would just be like, this would be meaning questions. Who Who do you love? Who loves you? When do you feel joy? When do you feel sadness? What moments do you most look forward to? Those are meaning types of questions. You might even say, you know, in what moments do you feel a sense of flow? That, that idea of just, you're totally, you're just, you're being challenged just enough, but you're, you feel like you're playing in the sandbox. And there's this like just perfect synergy, and you lose consciousness of time, uh, and you're just totally in your zone or in your element. Usually, it also has to do with a level of mastery with um, with the activity that you're engaged in. Those can give your life meaning. These, though, are questions that you you know, might ask to help you look at purpose right now as you're thinking about purpose and maybe specifically in order to not uh, burn out. And question number one, what do I want people to most remember about me when I'm gone? Now, sounds simple, but this, this I think is a, the question, if you had to take one, if you had to take one, because this is going to be a challenge here that I, it's like writing your eulogy. I want you to, because this is why I think it forces you this question. If you really, if you really tried to answer it, this question forces you to do what you have to do to know where you are, to know who you are. And that is it asks you to define your values. What is important to you? What do I want people to most remember about me when I'm gone? You know, and I I have to say that early on, earlier on in my life, I guess in my early adulthood, it became incredibly important to me. Um, in this very like, uh, um, if you think about it now, like this very ancient kind of mindset of. I want to sort of be immortalized through my words. I want to be known through the things that I write because they will last beyond my lifetime. And I will, in a sense, I guess, be immortal. Um, There's that. I mean, you have to have a little self-delusion. You have to, I think, at times, right? We don't always want to be confronted with, um the some of some of the real realities when we're aspiring to do things but early on in life that was a real value of mine uh, i wanted to be remembered for like writing some kinds of like profound poems uh or or maybe novels uh and later on through experience i was like that is not that is a hollow thing in the end to live for in terms of values and, uh, what you really want to be remembered for. Um, but another question to ask, we're going to come back at the end of like, in just a moment here at the end of this podcast, um, I'm going to challenge you I'm going to give you a challenge, which has a lot to do with this question. What do I want people to most remember about me when I'm gone? I bet you it would produce, it would yield you some really interesting insights. Uh, A few other questions that you might think about as you're thinking about purpose, defining it for you in your life. If I were to find out today that I only had 1 year left to live, what would I want to do with that time? And what the, of course what that does is it just like it it just forces everything into a 365 day funnel. Like we we tend to think of our lives just like I mean we 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 vaguely know that they're going to end, but we don't, you know, it's not like we don't think, oh, I have 12,122 days left. What should I do? We don't even think that specifically. Um, but this, this, you know, narrows it down. He had one year to live. What would you do? That can really focus it down. Another question, what do people seek you out for? You know, what? in other words, like how do they already view you? What are you maybe living out consciously or unconsciously? what do people seek you out for? Uh, like when, when the question arrives, who can do blank, who do they think about? And if they're coming to you for that, you may be, that may be a part of you. Maybe you're not giving enough credit to it. Uh, maybe it's, you don't want to be sought out for, for it, but it might, it might lead you to a bit of a sense of purpose. Um, uh, You know, you could complete the sentence, I am here to blank, and just force yourself to try to fill in that blank. That also can help crystallize you for helping to find your sense of purpose. So these are some ways to begin thinking about it. Um, No one said it would be easy. Easy and it is a uh, it is a it is a challenge but here's my challenge to you um and it's something it's not just a, a cheesy little challenge in fact let's make it sound cooler let's call it an immersion that's what i that's what i would do with my creative writing students i would i would instead of calling our our exercises exercises i would call them immersions and they actually went over a lot better that way because you kind of get out of the mindset of Oh, this is just some cheesy thing that I'm doing to fill time in class. It's not really me writing my best stuff. No, they were they were really important. But anyway, so this is what I'm getting at is uh, I want to challenge you, as morbid or grim as you may think it may sound. On the I want you to write your eulogy right now. If you were to have someone write your eulogy. What would you want it to say? What would it say, based upon the values that you are currently living out? Really, apparently, this is actually something that the Stoics, who have become you know much more popular in um, in our uh, collective consciousness over the past few years, again. But th- but they've you know two thousand years of philosophical wisdom. This is something that they did regularly. Uh, and so I want you to write your own eulogy. It helps you understand the values that you hold to be important. Uh, actually this also recently, if you want to like get a little more context about, uh, how to go about it, David Brooks, he did a Ted talk, uh, which is, should you live for your resume or your eulogy? And he talks a lot about if you've done and read any of his op eds or books, which I've read a couple. Most recently, the Second Mountain's pretty cool about the the second half of life and Second Mountain people, um, which I would say is worth checking out. Um, but he would uh, he he's all about meritocracy and how we live in a meritocracy, and it shouldn't. Gee, it shouldn't be that way. It should be more communally focused instead of so. But of course, this is we're we're prisoners of the the very culture that we've created: individualistic, capitalistic, and it's done good things for us, and it also holds us back in a lot of ways, especially in terms of the things that we value or want to value. Uh, so I would say uh, this exercise that I did it as well, just like I would not ask my creative writing students to do an exercise, uh, without me doing it along with them. So I've written one and I will read it here for you. I did it, um, for this very podcast and it was kind of challenging. Um, but then it felt really rewarding when it was done and I would say, too, that what is interesting about like writing your own eulogy is it's in stark contrast to like thinking about writing your skills on a resume. Uh, you know, I think uh, actually in the Design your Life book by uh, Burnett and Evans, they they talk about this 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 concept as well. Like we're constantly constructing who we are through framing it through the lens of a resume. But do you really want to be remembered for what she was able, she was really able to manage many tasks while, you know, (laughs) handling other interpersonal dynamics? Is that how you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered for a couple of the bullet points that you list on your resume? Is that who you are? I would say it's not, but, um, this is, this is my, uh, this is what I've come up with here is how I would hope to be remembered. Chad was full of love. He wanted the best for everyone he cared for everything he did. He did with intention. He pursued knowledge in order to do something with it in the world. He sought to know himself so he could know others. He had compassion for himself so he could find grace for others. Chad was a searcher. He questioned everything until he found an answer that satisfied his curiosity. Chad didn't care about living someone else's idea of what constitutes a successful career. He dedicated much of his life to helping people understand what their own version of a meaningful life looked like, Chad loved to play. He never lost his joy for riding bikes. He never stopped playing catch or softball or disc golf or cornhole, ping pong or guitar. When he was in a good mood, nearly everything made him laugh. Chad could be intense and serious too. There's a reason why he always liked Metallica. And when he set his mind to something, he could let everything else fall by the wayside and get a little obsessed. He could sometimes be gregarious and fun-loving, and then turn around and get quiet and introspective and practically disappear. Sometimes, when he was in the right mindset, he would grow and learn from his failures. But other times, when he was down and lonely and sad, he would feel small and inferior and like he was never as good as he had hoped he would be. Chad found pleasure in the simplest things in life. He would want me to say that he was a morning person. He loved animals, but mostly cats. He loved planting things and taking care of things. He loved taking care of his family. He loved watching his plants grow, and he loved watching his children become the people they are. He loved teaching them to ride bikes, rocking out to loud music for no reason, watching movies with them, teaching them to drive and challenging challenging them to get off their devices when they had too much screen time. Chad loved to cook. He loved the way it brought you into your whole senses, the smells, the colors, the touch of the blade, the heat of the oil in the pan, the art and the science of a good gumbo coming together. Chad started cooking because he was hungry a lot, but he also enjoyed satisfying the basic needs of his family and making sure they got the nutrition they needed. Chad experienced a lot of amazing things in life, but if you asked him what the single best thing that happened in his life was, he would say marrying Shelley. He loved her so much. Every day he felt so lucky to spend so much time with someone he loved, respected, and was so attracted to. Chad would also not want you to mourn his death with tears, but celebrate what a great life he had. If you are feeling down or discouraged, Chad would want you to do something awesome. Life is too short. Go do something productive and remember Chad in that way. Plant a garden, do some push ups, treat someone to a great lunch, cook a dinner, make every day special. Chad would say, Come, all who are weary, and drink. And that is my eulogy. I hope that you write one that is true to who you are right now. Maybe you could keep writing one, make it an annual thing, see how it may or may not change. Uh, and let us know if you do write one, share it with us. We'd love to have you um, share it with us at least on the at the uh, Big Self Facebook community, which we um, which we have just growing. It's exciting. And all while we anticipate BigSelfSchool.com to finally be released, it's still a little under construction. Thanks for your patience with that. I hope that you have had a few takeaways from this week's podcast on purpose. We're doing this on purpose. And we hope you found a little bit as well. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Self Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, join the community on Facebook at The Big Self Society. You can find us at big underscore self on Twitter. And we are also at The Big Self Society on Medium, where we feature and curate content on topics ranging from psychology to creativity and productivity. We'd love to hear from you. What show made an impact on your thinking, your habits, your decision-making, or anything else? And anyone you'd like us to reach out to and have on the show, let us know.